0: Tonight, straight from the source, the man investigating Hunter Biden is now a special counsel, and Hunter Biden's attorney will respond in his first exclusive interview. Plus, a judge lays down the law for Donald Trump, reminding the former president that he is now a criminal defendant whose right to free speech is not absolute. And the death toll still tragically climbing in Maui as rescuers are now entering some of the hardest hit neighborhoods for the first time, most of which have been burned to the ground. I'm Caitlin Collins, and this is The Source. Good evening, tonight we start with tonight's big story, which was news that we learned today regarding the special counsel investigating Hunter Biden. It is the same person who has been investigating him for several years now, David Weiss, a U.S. attorney who was appointed, I should note, by former President Trump. But today we heard from Attorney General Merrick Garland who announced that David Weiss has now asked to be made special counsel.
1: On Tuesday of this week, Mr. Weiss advised me that in his judgment, his investigation had reached a stage at which he should continue his work as a special counsel. Upon considering his request, as well as the extraordinary circumstances relating to this matter, I have concluded that it is in the public interest to appoint him.
0: And joining me now for a first exclusive interview since that announcement from the Attorney General Merrick Garland today is one of Hunter Biden's attorneys, Abby Lowell. Abby, thank you for being here tonight. Uh, First, just when did you find out about the Attorney General's announcement today? Did you have any idea that this was coming?
2: I think all of us found out at about the time that you all started finding out, which was somewhere between mid-morning and the time that the attorney general spoke. And while we didn't know that was going to happen, given what's been happening in the case, it wasn't a surprise that there would be some announcement to see where this case and the investigation would go from here.
0: Well, I'm assuming what you're referencing is how Hunter Biden's legal team and David Weiss were still privately trying to negotiate a plea deal this week. I mean, were you surprised that, that David Weiss asked to be made special counsel in the middle of that?
2: I think, the, you know, the point of surprise not quite right. Here's what people should focus on, Caitlin, that what happened today as a practical matter is not much different than what was the case yesterday or three weeks from before. You know, the attorney general and Mr. Weiss both have said for weeks, months, that he had all the authority he needed to bring any charge that was merited, at any time that was appropriate, in any place that made sense. And so the power that a special counsel has is the power that he has had. So from a practical point of view, nothing really changed. His title may change, but you also need to remember the most important fact, and you alluded to it already. After five years of what has to be one of the most thorough investigations that office has ever done, started by a Republican attorney general, given to a Republican U.S. attorney, using an experienced career set of prosecutors thought that the only charges that were appropriate would be two misdemeanor failure-to-file charges and a diverted gun charge for the 11 days that Hunter possessed a gun. And that was after five years of a painstaking investigation. So whatever his title is and whatever happens next, we're confident that that should be the same conclusion. And if it's not, then something other than the facts and the law has come into play.
0: You... That is a question that is still unexplained from the Justice Department, which is why now? Why is he he being made a special counsel now? We know it's because he asked for it, but it is still certainly a question. But you know as well as I do that special counsels have a lot of leeway. I mean, are you worried that this is going to become a much broader investigation than it is right now?
2: Well, again, two things. First, his title became special counsel today. His powers were the same yesterday. So what's different it doesn't make any difference to us given what we understood to be the case. Once again, people need to understand that the Attorney General and he, that he, Mr. Weiss, have said for a long time that he had all the authority that he needed to bring any charge that was appropriate in any place. So what does a special counsel do that he couldn't do? The answer should be nothing different. As to why now or why he wanted this as of last Tuesday, that's a question you're gonna have to ask him. But from our point of view, It should not change the outcome. Who could say that they have been the subject of such a painstaking investigation looking at every nook and cranny in which a conclusion was two tax misdemeanors and a diverted gun case to turn into anything else? There's been no evidence or fact that wasn't uncovered a week ago that will be uncovered tomorrow.
0: So essentially, has he indicated that there are any other avenues that they're pursuing here beyond those tax and gun measures?
2: He hasn't said in the proceedings that occurred on July 26th, there were a lot of hypothetical questions that the judge asked as to whether the agreement covered this or covered that. But once again, when we're talking theoretically, we don't have to. You have five years, painstaking investigation, looking at every possible transaction that Mr. Biden was involved in, concluding that the only appropriate charges were two misdemeanors and a diverted gun charge what could possibly change after five years? The answer is not the facts. It's not the evidence. It's not the law. So if anything changes, people should be asking, what else came into play?
0: So are you saying that you're confident nothing will change? Or you're saying if things do change and this does grow broader in scope, I mean, special counsels, they can staff up, they can have quite a budget. I mean, this could be bigger than it already is right now.
2: Well, you could have more agents that would come up with the same evidence that came up after five years. You could have more prosecutors. you, If you were in court, you saw that there were eight members of the U.S. Attorney's Office in court that day, maybe seven. I don't know that you could find more bodies that would do anything different than the bodies have done over the last five years. So am I confident that the conclusion should be the same? I am confident that if the prosecuting office follows the facts and the law, as they were prepared to say they've done, when they came to court on July the 26th, that there should be no different conclusion than what they already came. And if, for whatever reason, we end up in a place where there's something different, we know by the nature of the history of this investigation that it did not come about because of any new evidence, any new law, or any new fact. So therefore, I should be confident, and we should be confident, that you can change a person's title, but you shouldn't be able to change their conclusion.
0: You know, one thing that stood out to me today was Garland described the investigation is ongoing, which was notable because Chris Clark, who was another one of Hunter Biden's attorneys, said weeks ago that the entire thing was resolved. That was the word that he had used. I mean, what is the discrepancy there?
2: So the proceedings on July 26th obviously disclosed a disagreement. And the disagreement was that we said what we understood the agreement to mean, which is what Chris said. So let me ask you and anybody who's paying attention the following question. What group of experienced attorneys would have their client plead guilty on Monday to a misdemeanor, believing that the prosecutors could bring a felony on Wednesday? So as to what interpretation of the agreement made the most sense, I turn that question to you to answer it. So there's only a few possible answers to the dilemma. Either there was a garbled communication between the sides, possible. It could be that somehow the prosecutors thought they were making a statement that they turned out either not to be accurate about or not to be specific about. Or it could be, as you saw in court, that they seemed to be changing their position as the proceedings went along.
0: Well, it certainly seemed to be confusion from the prosecutors and from hunter biden's defense team over what the agreement was whether or not charges could be brought in the future i mean they filed papers today the prosecutors did basically indicating that the two sides are still at an impasse over this i mean do you now anticipate that this is going to go to trial
2: all i can say about that is a little bit about what i said a moment ago which is if the prosecuting office that were made up of republicans and career prosecutors after five years believe the proper charges were what happened on July 26th, then that should be the conclusion tomorrow, next week, or in the weeks following. That's what I'm confident should happen. And should something else happen, then two things. One, people need to ask, if this was the conclusion after all this time, what changed? And it won't be the facts, and it won't be the law. And then the question is, what will happen then? Then we'll have to see. But I'm not saying that it's not possible that what was appropriate a month ago isn't appropriate now. We'll have to wait and see. But I can tell you that, listen, one of the things you know about what's happened is that Hunter has done everything right, cooperated in an investigation, provided all the information, was willing to make sure that if something was found that he did wrong, he would accept responsibility for that. And that's what he was going to do and was willing to do. The one thing he's not willing to do and will never do is to accept responsibility or say he did something he did not. So as the charges were filed before, that fits into his idea of accepting responsibility. Should anything change, we will wait, but he and we will defend him. We will bring to the attention of the court anything that's appropriate, but I'm not and we're not there yet. Where we are is Abby, making I sure understand
0: every what you're saying, but Sorry. but is anyone asking no one's asking Hunter Biden to accept responsibility for something he didn't do. I mean these are things that, that he has admitted that that he did.
2: Yes, but you just said, are um, we concerned or upset or worried that there'll be additional things or that there's right. more staff? The answer to that is he has made very clear the mistake he made, and that's all he has made a mistake about. And so am I concerned? I am only concerned that a force other than facts or law would influence any additional decision. And if this prosecutor with a new title now continues in doing what he's supposed to do, which is to follow the evidence and follow the law, the conclusion should be the same.
0: When you say force, who are you referencing?
2: Well, what I'm referencing is, and this is not a surprise or a secret, right? From the moment this arrangement and agreement has been announced and filed, you have every MAGA right-wing fanatical person yelling and screaming and saying it's not right and it's not fair and it's not just. You have the former president trying to use Hunter Biden as a way to excuse his own conduct. And at some point, that could pierce, the noise could actually be so noisy that it get in the way of the facts and the law. I am confident that a responsible prosecutor would not let that happen. And we'll just have to wait and see.
0: Republicans say your client is treated differently because of what his name is. It sounds like you agree with that, but just from the reverse, in a negative way.
2: Well, here's the point about that, and you just said it. Uh, Millions of Americans file their taxes late. Millions of Americans may or may not be in a possession of some weapon. Not always to the
0: tune of millions of dollars.
2: Well, I don't think that's right. There's a very well-known case here in the District of Columbia of a partner in a law firm who did not file his taxes for, I think, 11 years and owed almost $8 million and was able to resolve that With a civil result paying interest and penalties. So there have been commentators who have pointed out that it wasn't for the fact that Hunter had the last name of Biden. He might, in fact, have been treated differently. But we understand that high profile subjects of investigations get more scrutiny. But that doesn't change the fact that once the mistake was identified, Hunter wasn't running away from it. On the other hand, those who think that he got some sort of sweetheart deal should look at all the other people that have committed the same offense that he was willing to take responsibility for and see what happened to them.
0: And, of course, it wasn't just the taxes. There was the gun charge there as well. But I want to just revisit what you were saying there when I was asking if you're worried about how broad this can be. I mean, ask any president and several of our last presidents. I think everyone except Obama has had a special counsel or a special prosecutor. I mean, these investigations have a way of ballooning and taking tax that they did not initially have. Can you say with certainty that, that based on what you know, there's no possibility that, that any of Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings will in any way connect back to, to his father, the president?
2: Well, let's start with the latter. You've had dozens of members of Congress and their staff. You've had dozen members of right-wing media picking and trying to find the connection between Hunter and his business and other family members, and they have come up with nothing because there's nothing to come up with. But as to your point about special counsels, remember this is not quite the special counsel that you're familiar with. David Weiss was in charge of the investigation last year, the year before that, and the year before that. He is in charge of the investigation today and tomorrow. He has a new title, His powers, in our view, are the same. The evidence hasn't changed. The law hasn't changed. So why, after grand jury proceedings, search warrants, interviews, and proceedings that came up with two tax misdemeanors and one diverted gun charge for the 11 days that Hunter possessed a gun, should there be a conclusion notwithstanding that he has a new name? That should not be the case.
0: But can you answer the question about whether or not you're, from what you know, if you're confident that this won't in any way link back to the president?
2: What I know is what the evidence has revealed. I mean, that is what people should focus on. It's not as if this started yesterday or a week. It started for five years with so many people in the United States, including with the power of subpoenas, as Mr. Weiss has had, to look at every transaction that Hunter was engaged in, in any place in the world in which he was engaged. And what did they come up with? They came up with a decision that the only two charges to file were two misdemeanors and a gun diverted charge. Not any of the other things that the MAGA right wing have been yelling from money laundering to foreign corruption to foreign agent, none of that. It's not as if that wasn't looked into and now the conclusion was reached. So do I know that that will change in the future? It shouldn't change. This is not a new special counsel. This is an investigation that's gone on for five years. Leading to only those particular charges. So how should it be different tomorrow? It shouldn't be.
0: Hunter Biden was pretty frustrated last month from our reporters in the courtroom when that plea deal was falling apart in real time. I mean, you were in the room as well. What was his reaction when Merrick Garland came out, Attorney General Garland came out today and announced that he was being elevated to special counsel?
2: His reaction was in the following order. First, I don't understand the difference because... He had all the authority yesterday, and he has the same authority today. Second, this is the man who's been conducting an investigation, who is a Republican appointed by a Republican attorney general, and had no motive to turn away from any wrongdoing he found after he and his professional staff had looked at everything Mr. Biden had done. And the third is, if it's the same guy who's looked at the same evidence, now with a new title, the result shouldn't be any different.
0: The only thing that is different that we can determine as of this moment is that he does have, he is empowered to write a report, and Merrick Garland has said he will make as much of that report public as possible. Do you expect that you'd be surprised by anything in that report, or the public would? quite,
2: quite the opposite. You know, the report will be a terrific vehicle to point out that all the crazy allegations made by people with a partisan bent are not the case, that the facts only supported the charge of failure to file, that Mr. Biden himself was prepared to concede, admit, and state facts that would be in that report that could sustain that which he was willing to take responsibility for. So bring on the report because the report, if it is done based on the facts of five years of investigation, will show the world that all these other crazy charges have no merit and that which should have occurred on July 26th was the only conclusion that represented, again, I'm sorry to keep saying it, the real facts and the real law.
0: All right. Well, we know you have a noon deadline to respond to those prosecutors. We'll see what that response is. Abby Lowell, thank you for your time tonight and for joining us.
2: I'm glad to be able to be here.
0: We have more ahead with the central player in this investigation. Moments ago, we heard exclusively from Hunter Biden's attorney about the elevation of a special counsel to his investigation. It's the same prosecutor who is already investigating Hunter Biden and has been for several years. That's David Weiss. He was appointed by former President Trump. But given the fact that he has now been made special counsel, something he requested of Attorney General Merrick Garland on Tuesday, Hunter Biden's attorney says they believe politics could be at play.
2: From the moment this arrangement and agreement has been announced and filed, you have every MAGA right wing fanatical person yelling and screaming and saying it's not right and it's not fair and it's not just. You have the former president trying to use Hunter Biden as a way to excuse his own conduct. And at some point that could pierce the noise, could actually be so noisy that it get in the way of the facts and the law.
0: Joining me now is Gary Shapley. He worked for the IRS for 14 years as a supervisory agent, the first IRS whistleblower to come forward, we should note, and who testified before a House committee last month alleging political bias in that Hunter Biden investigation. Gary, thank you for being here tonight. Are you satisfied with today's decision to elevate David Weiss to a special counsel?
3: So, yeah, thanks for having me, Caitlin. So, you know, the reason why we came forward, especially uh, Agent Ziegler and I, was because we saw things in this investigation that we had not seen in our in our history uh, with the IRS criminal investigation, and it just demanded that we come forward, or we wouldn't be meeting our oath of office. So the announcement today, you know, really vindicated uh, Special Agent Ziegler and I um, coming forward, and and because some of these issues that that were uh, were basically admitted to today were the crux of why we came forward. So. When, when attorney general garland comes today uh, comes forward today and and he, what he did is he admitted that that the american people was were misled um by what d o j continually told them about this investigation and um so um you know it's it, it is what it is you know you ask for a special counsel and you get it but um i don't th- you know the most important thing is that the the American people have confidence in this investigation and uh and that uh, they they know that each person is treated the same under the law, and I don't know how DOJ can conclude that uh, United States Attorney Weiss has that confidence of the American people and that this uh, this special counsel appointment is really going to uh, resolve any issues.
0: But Gary, he did not he didn't admit anything when he came out. He restated that he does have the independence that David Weiss has claimed he ha- has had to charge this forever to to investigate. You know take this where this investigation goes. He said that David Weiss had simply asked him to be named a special counsel.
3: Well, Caitlin, I think it is an admission by him because on October 7th, 2022, he said that he had to go to D.C. uh, U.S. Attorney, President Biden-appointed U.S. Attorney, meaning he wasn't the deciding official. He even said that on that day. Uh, Then we know that he had to go to California, to that President Biden U.S. Attorney, and uh, we, we learned that uh, we were told that he also turned him down. And then we have Attorney General Garland in front of Congress on April 26, 2022 and March first, twenty 2023, telling Congress and the American people that they can have confidence in this investigation because it's being ran by a, a Trump appointee and he has a charging authority. So if he has that charging authority, why does he need to be given this special counsel authority? And uh, it's, it's just uh, confusing.
0: Well, you said he was told that he he was tur- you were told that he was turned down. Who told you that?
3: Uh, United States Attorney Weiss, uh, October seventh, twenty twenty two. I d- documented you that, that he had right been then. Down. Uh, that's correct by a D.C. U.S. Attorney, and that then he requested special counsel authority from Maine DOJ. They denied it and told him to follow the process. That is evidence. That is corroborated. There were seven people there. Two people at that meeting have corroborated what happened so far, and there's been no contradictions uh, that what he said uh, uh, during that day is not accurate.
0: Well, I think there's a confusion here because you said that you, after this meeting, that you had re- asked about it and that Weiss stated he is not the deciding person on whether charges are filed. But he has said the opposite of that. I mean, he told Jim Jordan in a letter, I have been granted ultimate authority over this matter, including responsibility for deciding when, where and whether to file charges. And he says he stands by what he wrote. I mean, are you, are you saying that he's lying here?
3: All I know is what what he told us on October seventh, that I documented right then, that I sent to a supervisor. They confirmed that that's what was said on October seventh. And then you have the uh, June seventh letter before our testimony. The House Ways and Means Committee was released, where uh, United States Attorney Weiss says he has full authority. After our testimony is released and he realizes what was released by House Ways Means Committee on the June 30th letter he says again that he has that full authority but in the next paragraph he immediately says but my authority is geographically limited to Delaware and then he says well he has to partner his uh, departmental practice to partner with a US attorney of venues elsewhere and that's what we're really seeing here we're seeing a correction by DOJ, because the statements that they've said all along, um, you know, are not consistent with the decision that was just made by Attorney General uh, uh, Garland, or he wouldn't have had to make it.
0: Well, it's just, I mean, it's Biden appointed Attorney General agreeing that he had the ability to charge or ever with the Trump appointed U.S. attorney agreeing that one thing this does compel is a written report and that will be made public, at least most of it, according to Attorney General Garland, will that be sufficient for you?
3: Look, the, the American people have to have confidence that this investigation is is fair. And it, you have uh, United States Attorney Weiss who has investigated this for five years. And the plea deal that he approved, as soon as it went to an objective party, the judge, the court, it immediately was found to be be, be lacking. And, and, it, and it fell apart for lack of better words and, and reading what's, what's in the public record. So... Like, I don't know how now we can we have any confidence that, that Weiss is now going to go and look at this independently. He is not independent. We have provided evidence to, to, to the House Ways Means Committee and the House By Oversight definition, Committee he is independent. about well, well, he's still the U.S. Attorney in Delaware, and we've provided uh, uh, multiple pieces of evidence to show that he's provided preferential treatment, that they stymied investigative steps. That's all under United States Attorney Weiss. So is he now going to not stymie uh, uh, the investigative steps? Uh, I don't I don't think that 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 is likely to occur.
0: It's just remarkable to hear because, I mean, it's a, he's a U.S. He's a Trump appointed U.S. attorney and you're saying he's giving preferential treatment uh, to Hunter Biden. We have a lot more questions for you. Unfortunately, Gary Shapley, we are out of time. But thank you for joining us tonight and hope you come back.
3: Uh, thank you, Caitlin.
0: Ahead, as Trump is pumping up the volume on his legal troubles, the judge that is overseeing his election interference case is warning that if he inflames it more, he might go to trial sooner. The federal judge overseeing Trump's trial on election interference charges issued a limited protective order today that essentially bars the ex-president from publicly disclosing any sensitive evidence When prosecutors hand that over to his attorneys, this came in the first hearing where it was Trump's attorneys and Judge Chukin in the room. At one point, she warned his attorneys—Trump was not there—that, like every American, he does have a First Amendment right to free speech, but that right is not absolute. She said in a criminal case such as this one, the defendant's free speech is subject to the rules. She also said that the more inflammatory statements that someone makes— could be potentially Trump, who has been making many comments about this case, could potentially taint the jury pool. And that means the case would go to trial faster. Joining me now, David Kelly, former U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, and John Dean, who, of course, the former White House counsel to President Nixon. Thank you both for being here. I mean, David, let me get your reaction first, because listening to the judge today had this warning about essentially if you keep speaking out in these, you know, even ambiguous statements and potentially intimidating witnesses, tainting the jury pool, this trial could happen a lot faster uh, than it is right now.
4: Yeah, I think the, mo- the most important thing about today is that the judge painted in very bright red lines what the boundaries are and laid down the rules as to how they need to play within those boundaries. And the failure to do so is going to result in consequences. Some of the consequences may be a speedier trial. Some of the consequences may be even worse than that. I mean, look what happened to, you know, in the, in the FTX case today where, where uh, SBF, the, the defendant in that case, um, got put in jail. So um, there are some serious consequences here. And I think the judge made it very clear um, that there are rules here. And she's going to proceed in this case as she would in any criminal case, notwithstanding the fact that this particular defendant has a unique day job insofar as he's running for president
0: yeah and John, I mean that was a huge part of it as well was talking about his day job because you kept hearing Trump's attorneys argue about how you know he is a twenty twenty four candidate he has these things that that he's commenting, talking about you know what if he says something about pence that that's included in the evidence, and she made clear that she's not viewing him as a former president or a twenty twenty four candidate but as a criminal defendant.
1: very clear. the reporting on that was pretty uniform that she made, uh, she's not going to have the campaign run in her courtroom uh, or during this trial, nor does she want this trial to become a part of that. So she said she's there to give justice and not to run a campaign. So I think that uh, is going to make it tougher for Trump to play that game.
0: David, what does it say to you about how quickly this could move? You think Trump is going to be on the campaign trail and in the courthouse at trial potentially?
4: I think it's very possible. Look, from the you know, starting last week, I've I've come out and said that I didn't think. In fact, I think it was with you, and I didn't I didn't think it was going to start um, before the election. But I think um, it may well. Um, look, the, the the discovery in this case is not terribly complicated. Uh, the defense lawyers have already indicated um, that they know what motions are going to file. Uh, that can get done on a pretty you know fast schedule. So I don't think it's going to happen in January. I'm skeptical about whether it's going to happen before November, but it, it, it's certainly possible.
0: John, just given your history and, and what you've seen from up close at the White House, just looking back in a bigger picture at the moment that we're in, where this moment happened today, you know, a typical simple procedure became this big skirmish between the two sides. Next week, we could see action in Georgia, a potential indictment there. We're expecting as many as a dozen. I mean, what do you make of it all?
1: Well, I make that uh, we've got very competent counsel on both sides who are going to try to cover their turf as well as they can. And I've seen many court battles that uh, uh, play out. And we've got here a judge who now knows how to control her courtroom, and I think she will. So, uh, you know, I think the fact that she's not making this the White House on trial or a, a president on trial but Donald Trump, Uh, defendant Trump, Mr. Trump, if you will, in her words, uh, I think that makes it realistic and uh, it doesn't make it the theater uh, that Trump would like to have.
0: We'll see what it looks like going forward. I mean, certainly setting the stage today. John Dean, David Kelly, thank you both. Up next with the latest on the devastating wildfires in Maui, Senator Brian Schatz is going to join us. New reporting is emerging about the emergency sirens that weren't activated as those blaze grew. Tonight, at least 67 people have now died in the catastrophic wildfires in Maui. We are also getting dramatic new video in, which appears to show people trying to escape the flames in the waters along the Lahaina shoreline. You can see this dramatic video here. Obviously, the winds were incredibly strong. A U.S. Coast Guard spokesperson said it looks like it was taken from the area where they did eventually rescue 17 people. For those asking, of course, how you can help, we have a lot of information on that on CNN.com. But also tonight, I spoke with a senator from Hawaii, Brian Schatz, on what he has seen firsthand on the ground. And joining me now is Senator Brian Schatz. Senator, thank you for being here. I mean, you've been on the island. Can you just tell us what you saw and how dire the situation is from your view?
5: Thanks for having me, Caitlin. Um, And thanks to everybody across the country and across the world for caring so much about Maui and Hawaii and the outpouring of support and money uh, is really essential at this point. Uh, It is not an exaggeration to characterize it. Uh, as similar to a war zone. It is like multiple bombing runs happened uh, in Lahaina town. It is flattened. There is almost nothing left. Um, There are very few structures standing. There are melted engine blocks. There are cars uh, ripped apart. Um, It is a mess. Um, It is a total rebuild. Um, And there are people on West Maui that um, uh, came out unscathed. Their homes are intact and we're trying to restore uh, electricity and telecommunications and vehicular access for all of them, um, but it is uh, every bit as bad as the pictures.
0: Do you think you've you've gotten to see the, the full extent of it? Because, because we are seeing the pictures, we're seeing the drone footage, but now that teams are going in there, do you think we'll have a fuller view of what's actually been hit in this?
5: Well, I think we know the geographic area that was hit um, because we have satellite images and lots of drones have done flyovers. And I was on Front street, Lahaina town, uh, yesterday. We walked the whole uh, length of it. So, on that level, we do know. um, But it is also fair to say that we don't know the total mortality count because um, we're waiting on uh, the FEMA experts and technicians who are arriving today um, to start searching individual structures that have been destroyed. And we do unfortunately anticipate that the death count will rise uh, on a daily basis um, as those. Uh, uh, properties are cleared.
0: You know, one thing looking back on in the aftermath that, you know, the Hawaii emergency management said that Maui's warning sirens didn't go off when the fire started. I mean, there have been a lot of questions raised about that. Who do you hold responsible for that?
5: Well, I think there's going to be time for an after action analysis and if necessary, uh, any accountability measures. Um, But we have to understand, you know, Hawaii is very well prepared for hurricanes, we've had Iniki and Eva, and of course, volcanic eruptions on Hawaii Island, we've had floods, we've had a few wildfires, but nothing that attacked a town like this. So it just wasn't in um, sort of the, ra- the the realm of possibility um, that uh, wildfires in West Maui would essentially jump the highway and attack the town of Lahaina uh, within a matter of less than an hour. And the, if you if you see these videos on social media, it's really true. People had to make very quick choices to evacuate, some of them just directly into Lahaina Harbor um, with their families. You know, five people hanging onto a surfboard waiting for the Coast Guard. So there may be um, improvements um, that uh, the Hawaii Emergency Management Agency or anyone else uh, needs to look at making on a going forward basis. But this was really unprecedented. I do think this is likely to be the new normal uh, with extensive droughts. Um, that we need to be prepared for wildfires, uh, not just in Hawaii but across the country. Um, but right now, we're still recovering. We are that there is still um, we're not uh, we haven't gotten the fire totally under control. We do not know the death count, mm-hmm. and Lahaina town um, is also a toxic mess right now uh, until we're able to clear the debris.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're waiting to learn more about that. Senator, of course, we are thinking of you and all of your neighbors with everything that's happening, uh, and we will continue to do so and to check in. Thank you for your time tonight. Thank you. And if you're watching and you want to be able to help, you can go to cnn.com impact, or you can text Hawaii to 707070 to donate. We'll be right back in a moment. Many, not all, 2024 Republican hopefuls are descending on Iowa this weekend for the state fair, including former President Trump, who will be there tomorrow. Joining me here tonight, not in Iowa, former senior advisor to Mitch McConnell, Scott Jennings, and former New York Congressman Max Rose. Thank you both for being here. Sorry there's not uh, any fried food for you. <laughs> but I am interested in how, you know, everyone goes. Trump is actually going tomorrow. He hasn't spent a ton of time there. I think six times so or so since he announced he was running. Um, he'll be in the state tomorrow. I mean, is it still the same old Iowa as it was in the sense of Trump hasn't been there as much as the other candidates, but he's well ahead of them in the polling?
6: Yeah. And uh, he's not the traditional back slapping sort of rural type candidate, but they do like him. They love him, in fact, and he's done well in Iowa. And the Trump people, if you talk to him, they really believe they have a very high floor in Iowa and that they're going to be very difficult to beat because of it. They remind you that uh, in 2020, there was a an Iowa uh, primary and they got, you know, all these votes. And so they really are quite confident about their position, particularly given the fragmentation below them. So I don't think he has to do quite as much as everybody else. Uh, But he's in he's in quite a strong position there right now.
0: Can we just talk about what the scene though is going to look like tomorrow? I mean, Trump is going. He's taking all the Florida Congress people who have endorsed him. Ron DeSantis is going. Mm -hmm. He's bringing the Iowa legislators who have endorsed him kind of this like show off, essentially? I don't even know sure. what you'd want to call that.
7: Well, it's actually quite beautiful when you think about it. Is that it? You, yeah, no, you, <laughs> look, you, you have DeSantis coming from this gigantic state. You have a former vice president, a former president, and nonetheless, in the beauty of our presidential primary politics, they all have to descend on this little state fair and engage in quintessential local retail politics. What you really see there is that they can't hide any longer. Part of this, you know, Republican field is really the parade of the socially awkward. It's why DeSantis is, you know, not.
0: Pence is with a butter cow there.
7: Uh, you know, P- Pence is another great example of that. And you just can't hide in this type of retail politics. It's person to person, door to door in some instances, you know, pork chop on a stick in, in other instances. And and it's actually a quite quite a beautiful thing.
0: One person who is obviously deeply influential is the governor, Kim mm. Reynolds, and she ha- has been hosting these fair side chats so play on fireside chats with all the candidates. Uh, Trump is one who is not going. I believe Christie is the other. Uh, she was asked essentially about the idea that Trump has been lashing out at her. He's upset that she has been, you know, hosting the DeSantis going around with them, which she does with all the candidates. I should note. But he said this or she said this about whether or not that affects how she handles this.
6: It's so early. People are paying so much attention to the national polls, and I can tell you it's just not reflective of kind of what I'm hearing from Iowans as I'm traveling around. Our job is not to pick the winner necessarily, but to start to narrow the field, and that's really what the caucus has done. Well, we'll see. I mean, I don't think you should ever say, never say, never, never, you know. I just will wait and see what happens, but I've made it clear, um, you know, I'm, you know, probably looking at neutral especially at the beginning of this it's naturally going to start to narrow and then we'll take a look at you know where it's at um so it it's it's early for that
0: never say never on endorsing a candidate you think she she could potentially
6: well if she did it would be big news although um probably not definitive um given the way this race is going i mean some of these candidates have picked up some below her, you know, some other pretty influential state official. DeSantis, I saw him out the other day with the president of the Senate, uh, Amy Sinclair, who's a pretty popular person as well. So there are some people dipping in, but if she got into it, it would be a major story. It's just at this, at this point, uh, I think she did, she did say it correctly. Iowa, it's early, and, and you do get some late breaking there from time to time. So my guess is... Uh, she's trying to, to be a fair, question, fair, neutral arbiter. You know?
0: Yeah, and Senator Joni Ernst tries to do the same thing. But I mean, has she? Ma- did Trump make a mistake by attacking her publicly in the way that he did? I mean, he took credit right. for her for her re-election success. I mean, which she has said was up to Iowans not to. Well, Trump. the
7: the rules of normal politics don't seem to apply to Donald Trump here. But what we do see is that the, the elephant in the room with this primary is that they don't want to attack Donald Trump because of the fact that they're afraid of alienating his base. Of course, what voter are they ever going to win by not attacking him, right? On the same hand, though, if Donald Trump were not to win this primary, could we ever imagine him not endorsing the the, the eventual nominee? This is utterly insane what's going on in the end. And we're going to see this constant play here of, you know, Donald Trump eventually winning the nomination unless someone steps in and does something big. And her nomination or her endorsement, excuse me, is not going to be it.
0: We shall see. Max Rose, Scott Jennings, thank you both. And thank you so much for joining us tonight for such a breaking news hour. Laura Coates is up next.
6: When you work, you work next level. When you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number Smart Beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 Smart Bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices
1: higher in Alaska and Hawaii.
2: I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, host of the Chasing Life podcast. In honor of our 10th season, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message at 470-396-0832